All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming today with a special guest we're super excited about. This is Sarah Williams. And let's tell tell our audience a little bit about Sarah before we begin. If you're following along with this, uh, with the visual, there's one in YouTube. And Jake, what what is it that she does? So as you can see, if you're seeing the visual, uh, she has a published publishing company that she started called Deverim Publishing. Uh, and Matt, why don't you tell us how you ran across her website? That is a great question. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I saw early on from her was uh, her Instagram account and social media. That kind of caught my eye. And then I saw her and I started, I checked out her website and then checked out, um, she was on. She did another interview in YouTube, and I was like, "Okay, she seems pretty interesting. I want to check this out." And so here is her picture. And so, Sarah, would you um, tell us a little bit about yourself? And I, I know a good place to start probably is, you know, what what's your life like on the, on, on your homestead that you have? Uh, well, it's it's a fun life <laughs> for sure. My husband and I have been homesteading for just about a decade now. Uh, we started with about 20 sheep and 30 chickens, and now over the years we've had gone back and forth, between, you know, butchering our own sheep and whatnot, but we've had hundreds of sheep over the years now, um, and we still have chickens and we have turkeys and ducks now, um, but we have our own homestead where we try to, you know, raise our own food and teaching the, our kids the homestead life. Uh, we have three little girls and a little boy on the way. And uh, it's been it's been a wonderful life. It's definitely taught us a lot. Um, you know, it's been very good to us in that way. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy having the animals on the homestead and seeing the kids grow up with them. Yes, uh, that, there's no better way to me for a kid to grow up than to do that. Um, that's for certain, for sure. Jake and I both are blessed with the with the same kind of abilities and. Um, Jake is a kind of a master of raising meat chickens. That's right. From, <laughs> right. from the beginning to the end, to the he end. can take care of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so he's he's good to know for that. So, uh, all yeah, right. that, that's kind of similar to uh, uh, when we before we even got started in Torah. You know, my wife kind of had this calling to start growing her own food and stuff like that, and I. I was really into like survival stuff, so it, it kind of led that mm -hmm. direction. And uh, but uh, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about like how you came to Torah? So that's actually through well, obviously through Yah, but through my husband as well. Um, my I didn't grow up in the church actually at all. Um, I didn't even actually start attending a church until I was twenty nine years old, and uh, so. My husband, he grew up in the Methodist church, and um, when we met, neither of us were going to church at the time, though, but in our late 20s, early 30s, Yah really started pulling us back to him, and uh, we started going to actually a Pentecostal church, but something just didn't feel quite right, and my husband started watching, um, actually, Shofar Mountain on YouTube. It's with Pastor Joe Fox. Um, he's since retired, but his videos are still on YouTube. And Pastor Joe Fox was teaching Torah, and he was teaching about, you know, following the whole Bible and not just bits and pieces and things like that. And so for about a year, I want to say, I would just hear somebody on YouTube talking about Torah and teaching about Passover and Sukkot and everything like that. And uh, there was one year, it was, gosh, maybe, 
I think it's probably 2019 or so, my husband's like, I want to try to do something Passover-ish. And it was literally like three days before Passover. And so we ended up just buying some lamb from the store because that's the only thing we could do at the time. And um, we, you know, had like a little dinner and everything like that. But then subsequently the following year, we actually like did our own, like with our own lamb and everything like that. And we've been doing that for, uh, this will be the third year now that we've actually been able to like take one of our lambs from the field and do it for Passover. And uh, it was about a year into my husband listening to Shofar Mountain that uh, he looked at me and basically said to me, we need to start following Torah. And at that point, I'd seen how much my husband had grown in his faith and how much closer he had come to Yah and how much Yah had been working through him. And so for my husband to say that to me, considering we've been together for 14 years now, considering what we had been through for him to say something like that, I knew it was Yah-led, and I absolutely said, okay, we're doing this. Like, what do we have to do? And I, like I said, I had listened to some of the videos, like kind of in passing, but I hadn't had a huge interest in it. But once my husband said, we're doing this, then I was all in and doing all the research and listening to the things and, and everything like that. Um, so it's been since about 2019 that we've been, you know, first started. And then now we're, we're trying to do all the things we can, you know, for what Torah says. Right. Yeah, that's such a blessing to have, uh, you know, both of you kind of getting in at the same time, uh, kind of coming together with it. You don't see that yeah, as, it, as often as, as would be, <laughs> as as you would like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not. I, I have friends that have not been in the same situation, and I know it can be difficult, but it's, like I said, with when it was a lot of, like I said, it, I saw y'all working through my husband. And at that point I had already been on my own journey of become trying to become closer to y'all. And, um, it was one of those things I couldn't say no. Like I knew I couldn't say no. <laughs> and, uh, it was even not that I even wanted to say no, but I knew that this was the right path for us. Um, and I trusted my husband that he was doing what was right for our family. And I haven't regretted it once. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great testimony. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And so I understand uh, that you wrote a book in 2020, which would be fairly close to after you went through this, and it's called uh, People in the Pews. So um, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, People in the Pews. What's that about? So People in the Pews is the first book that y'all placed it on my heart to write. I was actually sitting in church, and this was literally pre before everything started getting shut down. And I'm sitting in church, and it was a Wednesday night service, I believe. And I'm just looking around at you know the people and listening to what the pastor's talking about. And uh, I hear, "I want you to write a book." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I, I do have a degree in journalism, so writing is not off the beaten path for me. Um, but I was like, okay. And I said, all right, God, what do you want me to write about? I can't have a book without a subject. Or, yeah. And so he said, I want you to share their stories, the people in the pews. And that's basically what I did. Um, this book was as we were starting to come to Torah. So it kind of has like a Pentecostal slash Torah <laughs> vibe to it. Um, like all the scriptures that I used in it are from the scriptures from the international uh, scripture research or Institute for scripture research. Sorry, I might be murdering that, but, 
Um, so it's from the scriptures that so has like Yah and Elohim written in the scriptures in the book, but it's still kind of from the Pentecostal perspective. Um, but I wrote that book. It took me about seven months to write, and then it was published and became available early 2021. Um, but it was actually through that experience, um, with an unfortunate publishing experience, that actually ended up leading to Deborah and Publishing. So I look at it as actually a blessing versus a negative thing that happened. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So uh, do you want to, uh, do you care to elaborate a little bit more about uh, what, what you didn't like about that publishing process? Yeah, so the publishing company that I used, it was a faith-based, they were a Christian uh, publishing company, and um, they were excellent throughout the process, no issues with customer service or anything like that, but once the book was published, they actually stopped paying me two months after the book was available online, and so it's been actually two years now, this month, <laughs> two years this month now that uh, the book was published, and I haven't seen anything since basically two years ago. And um, they still have it listed online, which is fine. At this point, I don't care um, because I see why y'all had things happen the way it did. But uh, I, it was a very difficult moment to realize that I'd done all the work and then this company was stealing from me. And especially since they're a faith-based company, it really frustrated me because not just from a personal level, but at the same time, I know that things like this can really affect other people and unfortunately can affect other people's like relationship with y'all. And it didn't do that for me, but it made me just kind of sad overall that something like that could happen. Definitely disappointed that they were basically stealing from me and that I, I had the feeling that this was probably not the first time something like this would happen. And I just, it more so frustrated me that, I know experiences like this can affect people and sometimes can affect their relationship with y'all. It didn't do that for me. It just made me saddened by the experience in general. And basically that experience and having that moment was like, I need, something has to change. Something has to be created where people can trust that they're using somebody who is trustworthy and provides the services they say and things like that. And so that's kind of eventually what led into Deborah and publishing. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think it's one of the things that, uh, I've heard said, and I think it's pretty interesting is, uh, when you look at a process or a situation or, and you go, uh, someone should do something about that. You've just had a great idea. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I would actually be starting a publishing company. Like, that that was not on my uh, radar at all. But apparently, y'all had other plans because here we are two years later and basically almost the same month that I basically lost my first book, I started a publishing company. So <laughs> it all works out. Yeah, well, that Jake and I were talking uh, before and we were talking about how it, when... I have looked at the publishing thing for many years at different angles, and uh, one of the things that uh, has always somewhat troubled me about it is, you know, when you, especially if you have a, you know, a belief system such as ours or even mm -hmm. traditional Christianity, there are certain things that you don't want to be associated with, and some, there are a lot of these publishing houses that, and even uh, book agents that when you align yourself with, you, you know, you're aligning yourself with lots of things you may not believe and want to support. And yeah. so um, 
I think it's a real blessing to have someone that um, that, that shares our values and and that we can uh, partner with like this because uh, you know if you, if you go a different route you just you just don't know what you're going to get and uh, the other people you might be uh, associated with right yeah so and that was something too that's with when my second book I started writing that I and so your second into, book is I saw the earth wake up correct okay yeah that one that one's actually a children's book so it's a very different genre than my first book which was an adult chapter book but that was when I was starting my second book, I looked for Torah-observant publishers. And I even looked at Jewish publishers. This was, the book teaches Torah to children, and I was trying to figure out the right path to go, and that's, that's literally when Deborah Publishing kind of got started because I was like, there's not really anything out there for anybody who follows Torah that's not necessarily specifically Jewish, you know, or has, you know, Jewish background or things like that. And I also, I'm a big proponent on the fact that not just with myself as an author, but other authors out there, God gives people certain words to share. And those are the words that are supposed to be shared. They're not supposed to be changed or edited by some corporation or, you know, anything like that. It's the words Yah has given to that person. And so that's what I'm really passionate about is making sure that the words that Yah gives other authors is the word that gets out there because those are his words, and he uses us to write them down, but those are his words. Yeah, that, that's well said, for sure. And uh, and he's not too much about being politically correct, is he? Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I expect some controver- controversial books in the future, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's for sure. So he definitely, through time, he has used people to do some outlandish things to get his message across um for sure so um so you kind of have touched on it a little bit here uh but when you're talking about um so about the publishing about uh, regular publishing versus kind of what you do so so what would you say other than yes you are looking for like-minded individuals to publish um in how how is what you do different maybe than than what traditional publishing or even regular self publishing how, how is what you do different so with regular publishing a lot of times with regular publishing you have to go through like a literary agent and you have to submit manuscripts through them and there's a whole huge process with that uh, right now with our process that I have with Devon publishing it's a lot more um, people friendly, I guess, <laughs> like you're, you're dealing directly with me. And so, you know, I'm the one working with you on your manuscript. I'm the one, you know, going through and offering any advice and things like that. Uh, I don't require a literary agent to be present in that process or anything like that. Um, so it's a little bit more, I guess, family friendly kind of deal. But uh, the difference between self-publishing is with self-publishing, there is um, a certain aspect of you got to do it all yourself kind of deal. Like you can pay someone to help with like editing or things like that, but there's no back end like marketing trying to help you succeed. Um, whereas with me, yes, I am going to work with you on editing, the cover layout, the interior layout, you know, all the things that a publisher would work with you on and would help you with. But at the same time, it's different than the self-publishing because I am truly working on creating a network for marketing 
books that authors write and working on creating even like a broader network too where I'm also bringing in like other tour observant individuals who have creative talents. Like I, you know, want to bring in more artists to be able to work with authors. And so helping build actually more of a network versus just, all right, I'm going to help you do your book and that's it. Go have fun. You know, you're on your own now. I, w I want your book to succeed because I know, I know ultimately y'all is in control of it. Like it's, it's, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen per job. But at the same time, I want to be able to give people who maybe have never even done something like this tools and tips and an avenue to go to help promote their books and things like that as well. So it's a little bit different than self-publishing where self-publishing companies just, you pay them to do something and then they're done and they don't really help you with marketing or anything like that. Right. Uh, I just had a quick question. So do, um, is it your intent to just publish um, Torah related books or is it mainly books written by Torah observant people? Do you, do you, do you see the distinction I'm making there? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's Torah observant individuals because it, God is not just placing certain words in certain people's hearts that are specifically like teaching Torah. So one of the authors I'm working at now with, actually, Sister Kate from Shofar Mountain, she has several books she's working on, but um, the first one that she really felt led to publish is one about homesteading hints. And this woman has many, 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 many years of homesteading under her belt and her husband's belt, and a lot of experience that's incredibly beneficial to people starting out or even people who are, you know, even myself and my husband who are, you know, a decade in, we're still learning things from her and her husband. So that's what Yah's placed on her heart. And I think that's important to share. And so it doesn't teach Torah in the book, but it is an incredible resource for anybody who's wanting to start a homestead. And so, and what better way, you know, linking her, you know, her and her husband's YouTube with Shofar Mountain and things like that. So it's still kind of bringing people to Torah <laughs> in a way that's not necessarily like in their face. Um, which I like as well, too, because somebody who may just be interested in homesteading finds her book, but then finds her husband's channel where he's preaching and teaching Torah. And so then there's a seed planted. And so it's Torah-observant authors in general. Great. Yeah, one of the things that uh, we started watching uh, homestead things and then that got us into watching Torah related things as yeah. it's kind of interesting how those two things are tied together. Mm -hmm. Well, and as you were talking a while ago about the, the agents and, you know, something that came to my mind is I, I, you know, I may be way off base, but, uh, which I sometimes am. Never, um, never happened. I, I feel like this idea of the literary agents is a dinosaur, really, um, and, and it may be similar to um, some of the record labels back in the day before digital media and before things like mm -hmm. Spotify came along. Uh, and I feel like there there's going to be like a Netflix of books, possibly. You know, I, I you know, and and what Netflix has done in the video pr production world is. Now, if you have a good idea and a, and a creative, 
you know, story, you can make a story and then pitch it to Netflix and you're on Netflix. You don't have to mm-hmm. have a movie theater and, and all the things that you used to have. You skip all of that and you go straight to production and straight to people paying you money to watch your watch whatever you made. Do you think that books undergo that type of revolution at some point in this idea of the... the the hybrid self-publishing, if you will, is it going to become more of the norm? Um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. I think with books, there's still, I still think there's a, a stigma with the, I want to be published by XYZ Publishing House to a certain extent with some authors. Um, there's that uh, notoriety that they look for or um, uh, they just want that, they, they want to say they're published by that company. So I think some people will still go that route because they want to be published by a certain company. Uh, but at the same time, there is so many other options out there. And I do think that, you know, kind of with the self-publishing options or, you know, like what I'm doing is, you know, helping with the editing process and everything else and making your manuscript an actual book, but at the same time, you're working directly with the company versus sending it off to a company and then just doing whatever with your book. Um, I think there are more people that are probably interested in that now because there is those options available to people. And that wasn't necessarily the case, you know, 20, 30 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, if you were a self-published author, that was just really looked down upon. <laughs> and there was no way your book was going to get any, you know, credibility. So... I think now with being able to do the self-publishing option or the hybrid, like with Deborah Publishing, there's still the option for people to be able to get on marketplaces like Amazon or Barnes & Noble and not having to use the big publishing houses. So I think it, it's going to be more just dependent on the person who's publishing or the author, I should say, and what avenue they really want to go for. There's still plenty of market for the big, huge publishing houses because of the notoriety. Um, but I think a lot more people are actually starting to lean towards trying to, you know, do the hybrid or do their own thing because there are those options available. Yeah, and and it makes sense to me. And another thing that I wonder, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but when you do this kind of model, I, I believe you have more control over things and more say as the artist. Is that correct? Yes. So, like with any anybody that I work with with books. If there's cover art that's done, I'm making sure prior to the cover art going into production that you approve it. Same with interior layout. I, I've done this recently with Sister Kate, and so she approved the book cover or gave me some suggestions of feedback of what she would like maybe change. And same with the interior layout. I sent her the interior layout and said this is kind of my idea, basically, of what I think would look good with the style of your book. And she, you know, gave me any kind of, um, questions or anything like that that she had and we discussed it and then we can move forward through production. So I definitely make sure that the authors approve of the looks of the book and obviously, you know, I'm not changing anybody's words, but I still, you know, would edit for punctuation and grammatical things and flow and everything else, but all that still is approved prior to moving on to the next step. Yeah, yeah, I think that's amazing for sure. That's that's what I really like about it. Um, I, I like freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so that, no, that's just fantastic. Um, you know, just, okay, so take it or leave it. Um, I'm an idea person, Sarah, and I can't help it. So uh, <laughs> my, my brain um, does do this. And so as you were talking, um, you know, a lot of listeners, a lot of people that we know in Torah community are homeschools, you know, do homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that you could do some interesting things in the uh, – in the, the homeschooling community, even with children. I'm a former educator, an elementary educator for 19 plus years. And so I always try to get kids to write and journal. And I would think there's something you could do with um, homeschool kids and, you know, having them do some things and maybe even publish some things that kids do. So, you know, because I think you're so right about, I want to move to the scripture that you talked about. So, uh, before I forget, though, Jake, tell us where her website is. So if they want to get to her website, what do they do? Okay, you go to www.debareempublishing.com. So please do that. Check her out. She's got an Instagram page as well, and uh, that's uh, pretty easy to find, I think, as well, on Instagram. Just type that in, and you should find it. So she put a scripture in here, which is Jeremiah 30. And so explain that about... Um, what does that scripture mean to you? Why did, why did you pick this in here? And, and what do you think it means to maybe somebody out there that might be hearing you and maybe unsure of uh, what to do, and but maybe feels like they've got some words that they need to say? So Jeremiah 32 says, write in a book for yourself all the words that I've given you. And, and in, about, in about that much. And uh, for me, when I was writing my first book, that actually, that scripture is in my first book in like the introduction section. And uh, it's something that I've held on through, through my second book. And I believe it's very profound because what that scripture is actually talking about is writing the Torah and copying the Torah down for yourself. But at the same time, I think that that is so useful to authors right now because the Torah is already there. The Bible is already there. We're not going to be rewriting that. But God is still giving people words, and he is still giving people messages to share. And so I believe for right now, anyways, I mean, obviously, still, you know, writing the Torah for yourself is fantastic. But from an author perspective, I think it's important to write down the words that God is sharing with you. I think it's important to share those words because he is giving people words, and he's giving and it's so cool hearing all the stuff that people are, you know, coming up with and the ideas that they've been given and everything like that. Um, but he wants to share it. And I believe very much so that especially within the Torah community, there's a lot of resources that can be created for children, for adults and things like that to help better educate individuals and to even help them teaching, like you're talking about with children, teaching children in the future, because, you know, this is, Sometimes it's a little difficult living this life and not living, you know, especially if you don't have fellowship nearby. And we didn't really have any fellowship in Florida. And so having resources to help teach children or your teenagers or even as an adult that is, you know, biblically based, but not necessarily the Bible, especially for like children, it's kind of easier for them to chew on something a little bit more children friendly, you know, written more towards them. And so if God's giving you a word, write it down and share it because you don't know who needs that. You have no idea who may need that book specifically for their family or for their child. Right. And I think uh, kind of what you're describing, um, storytelling really is, you know, kind of the best way to change people's minds. 
um, mm-hmm. because they can relate to it a lot better than just spitting facts at people. Um, mm-hmm. If you can, you know, tell a good story about the point you're trying to make, uh, it's like uh, learning history in school when you're just getting, you know, uh, uh, dates and names. It get it gets very confusing. But then when you mm-hmm. leave school and you're like, oh, I kind of want to learn about all this history stuff because I'll know, I'll know with you, but uh, a lot of people I know of get excited about history after school, not during school. And then yeah. it's like, uh, because there's so many interesting stories out there about history that you don't get in the classroom and, st- mm-hmm. and you can actually absorb what's being said because it's in story form. Yeah, well, Yeshua used parables all the time to teach. And so what better way to teach than tell stories? Exactly. If Yeshua did it, why can't we? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's so good. And, you know, um, the best history teacher I ever had was at this little Christian college. And, you're muted. Um, no, I oh, think no, I'm not. muted. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and he came in every day. His name was Lester Perrin, and he was amazing. And he taught a Western civilizations class and he just would come sit on the desk every day and start talking and he just told stories and and uh, as a history teacher that is kind of what I tried to do and and because it is powerful you know and that you remember stories when you know uh, when people tell you stories and uh, so it's great that you're helping people tell their stories and and I and you probably would agree I think people need to journal they need to write things down that helps them uh, remember and also kind of helps you organize your thoughts and ideas because sometimes some of your best ideas may come you know I think in the middle of the night it's a good idea to keep a, a journal next to you next to your bed so that in the morning when you wake up or just anytime you you have something that's kind of eating on you or you're thinking about write it down and, and maybe um, come over and pray about it and you know you may be able to develop something uh, off, off of things like that so um, absolutely so but, and uh, so the the other question I have, you kind of touched on it a little bit. So, so you you started getting some interest in the Torah community. How, how are you gauging the interest so far? Uh, what, what kind of response are you seeing so far? I have truly been overwhelmed multiple times by Yah's greatness. Um, I am incredibly humbled by how many people have reached out to me, and. Uh, there's, there's a certain amount of, um, oh gosh, it's, there's a certain amount of like, you know, you, you, you gotta do it right when it's your book, but then when other people are coming to you with their books and these are words that I know y'all have placed on their heart and I have to be mindful of that and, uh, you know, not really it's like, wow, yeah, I don't know why you chose me. <laughs> I truly don't, but thank you. Like, I don't know. Like, thank you so much, and thank you for guiding me and leading me uh, to do this. But it has been absolutely incredible to, I've had many, many authors reaching out to me over the last uh, month or so with books, book ideas, or they're getting ready to start a book, and they kind of just need some tips on how to get started and things like that. And so it's been beautiful to hear uh, some of the words that Yah has placed on people's hearts and there's definitely, um, definitely people. There's, there's been plenty of people that have reached out to me. And um, like I said, I've been really humbled and in awe of what Yah is doing through um, just the people he's brought to me already. And uh, I 
honestly, I couldn't be more thankful and also slightly terrified. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> because fantastic. Because it's a big responsibility. <laughs> right. Yeah, it sounds like you're up for it. Well, since you write books and help people write books, uh, what is your favorite book that's not the Bible? My favorite book is A Land Remembered by Patrick D. Smith. It is an incredible book about basically the it's three generations of fam it's a follows three generations of a family, basically starting from a man who the grandfather who basically lives in the swamps of Florida and builds up his farm, which is funny because now I have a farm and I read this book before I had a farm. And he builds up a farm, and then his son takes over and builds it even more, and they start buying land. This is like from basically the 1800s to like the 1950s. And then it comes to the grandson who is building up Miami, basically, and putting the skyscrapers in or, and all the hotels and everything like that. And so it follows that family and basically the, the trials and the triumphs they've had and everything like that and talking about being from Florida I've seen the subdivisions that have come in and plowed out the orange groves or the subdivisions that have taken over the cattle farms and, and quite frankly, it just breaks my heart. But uh, I've seen all that stuff happening, but obviously from a much later perspective, but this is from that time period. And it's interesting. It's a beautifully written story about each man's perspective and their family's perspective. And then ultimately the grandson and like his thoughts and feelings on what he's done as basically you know, destroying swamp lands and destroying, you know, forests and stuff like that for progress. And so it's it's a really good story. I highly recommend that book, even if you're not from Florida. It's a great book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like an amazing book for sure. So the um, I'm in landscaping and we live in the, the Metroplex, which is Dallas-Fort Worth. Well, actually, I don't know why I said Dallas-Fort Worth. It's Fort Worth-Dallas. And uh, driver, it's just Fort Worth. It's just Fort Worth, and uh, <laughs> there are so many people that live here, and people are moving in here all the time, and that's happening all over. Um, you know, they're taking farmland, pasture land, uh, places. I remember, you know, going. Sometimes I remember going and getting coastal hay and loading it up when I was younger, and and now it's mm-hmm. it's full of houses, and I'm like, it, it makes me sad, you know, and I'm, I'm afraid that if we're not careful. Uh, we're going to regret uh, taking some of this good farmland that we've um, taken out of production and put houses on uh, to grow sod. Uh, right. I think we're going to regret some of that. But anyway, it is sad that it's changing. But uh, at the same time, I can't blame someone who's in a bad situation or a, a state they don't like and they, they, they move and uh, things are better for them. So I can't hardly blame them for wanting to be here. So. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of a give and take. Yep. So it is what it is. I want to come back to publishing services that you offer. So, um, so it looks like that you offer editing and you do custom design book covers. You help with the layout of the book. You help with copyright, ISBN, publication, distribution, and I'm not sure what author services is. Author services is basically support, the support along the way. So having the ability to contact me and ask me questions and then getting feedback and things like that. So that's having a, a point of contact within the company that you can reach out to and, make, and have an actual customer service experience with versus just typing things in on a computer. 
So if somebody were to call you, uh, would they uh, get an, a, um, an automatic answering machine or a service or, uh, or somebody that, uh, you know, some machine? Are, are they going to talk to you? They get me. Yeah. <laughs> they get me. And it's not, it, no, won't, it won't be one of those, uh, please state your name or please press one to talk no. to this. Please, please press two. I'm sorry, what no. did you say? <laughs> no, I like to, uh, typically authors reach out via email first and that way I can get an idea of, you know, kind of what they're looking for and the book that they're writing and things like that. I get a general idea ahead of time. And then I like to set up consultations, and they are free consultations, um, but I'll set up a consultation time where I call and talk to the author, and we discuss their book. I really like to get their idea and their vision for their book, like what they are hoping for for their book, or what Yaw's placed on their heart to do with the book. And uh, we do the consultation, and then basically we go from there, whether they want to work with me or need to take their time or they're still in the middle of writing, but we just go from there after the consultation. Okay. Uh, that's great. And what would you say is what's the biggest need um, as far as like vacuum of topics? Um, maybe it may even be the biggest need necessarily in the Torah community or or what would you really like to do more of in the publishing world? Like, is there a particular topic or genre uh, that you feel like is greatly lacking in the Torah community that you really want to? Uh, see increased there's definitely a need for children's books for sure um as as a parent myself i have my three young daughters and everything and then like i said our son on the way but uh there's definitely a need for children's books and it's it's been really interesting because as a mom who's written a children's book i've actually had several other moms reach out to me that have written children's books so it's kind of interesting how y'all has been placing that on a lot of mom's hearts um but at the same time, I, I feel there is that need for children's books, but at the same time, I really feel like whatever Yah is placing on people's hearts because that's where that need is because I think Yah is leading people to write certain kinds of books and it's not necessarily a specific niche or anything like that, but it's what is needed at that time and it may change like I may get flooded with children's books and then I get flooded with teenage books or adult books or personal testimonies or things like that and it may fluctuate but I think all that honestly is you picking and choosing who's writing what when no yeah that, that makes sense and so as you were talking I can't help but think you know I, I taught mostly I taught math science and social studies were my main subjects and I was always fr so frustrated in science because, as you know, everything is evolution-based, and I would mm -hmm. teach creation-based because I was able to do that. But I, but the, but on the test, I had to teach evolution concepts, and I would say, you know, to kids, well, I know that this is what you got to say on the test, but you and I know that this was created. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so I, I would present it that way. But you know, I think for sure there's a big void. I still think in creation accounts and animal accounts, and there, there's there's just, because all the science is so skewed to evolution, millions of years, billions of years, flood denial, and uh, all mm -hmm. of those things that I think there's, you know, definitely um, a void that could be filled with, with some books, children's books, especially on that topic. 
Yeah, and I think uh, Matt's big hang-up is there are enough uh, uh, Bigfoot books, right? <laughs> that's right. We need more Bigfoot <laughs> books. So, that's right. Well, we are kind of, kind of coming to the end of this, and you've got a new title coming out. And so, tell us a little bit about, uh, I believe it's Homestead Hints. Yes, that's that's the first uh, book of Sister Kate's that she's putting out with Shofar Mountain. It is an excellent book for anybody who's getting ready to start homesteading or even people who have been homesteading for a while. She's got a really a lot of great tips, especially for people who, the, you know, the saying, come out of her, my people. Uh, she's got a lot of really great tips for people who are trying to do that and basically uh, trying to start over and leaving the rat race and coming out to the country. And so she's got a lot of great tips on like buying land and things like that. Uh, that are definitely needed because my husband and I have been there and done that <laughs> and <laughs> got the t-shirts. And so um, it's, it's a really good book of overall just homesteading with gardening and animals and things like that, the knowledge that she has, but, but also helping someone who's literally like basically with city life their entire lives and is now trying to do the homestead thing. And you said uh, she's been homesteading for quite a long time. Do you know uh, what area of the country she kind of homesteads in, or has she been several places? She's been in the Ozarks for, I want to say, around 20 years. Okay. But she's been she's lived all over the country. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's good to have the background of, of other places, too, when you, when you look at that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's good she has that background. So if we want to buy Sister Kate's book, where should we look to find that? That will initially be coming out through Deborah and Publishing, and I believe she's going to want it on Amazon as well. Um, but we're literally in the final processes right now of getting the layout done and to her liking, and then uh, it's copyright and ISBN, and it'll be ready for publication. So uh, it'll be on DebraandPublishing.com for sure, and then probably Amazon as well. Oh, that's great. So we encourage you to check out Homestead Hints by Sister Kate coming soon. So, um, and I also have an image here of your Instagram, which is Deboreem Publishing, and she posts uh, on a regular basis there. And um, I think that uh, that is about it. And so, Jake, can you tell us a little bit? There's three things here she listed on how to get her. Right, so if you want to check out more from Sarah, you're going to go to www.debareempublishing.com uh, and you can email her at admin at com, or check out her Instagram at at Publishing. Awesome. All right, well, Sarah, we, we so appreciate your time and uh, being patient with us. And uh, is there anything else you want to say before we get off the line with you? Right, give us uh, your, your best uh, publishing commercial. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, right, basically, okay. so basically, it's going to be Jeremiah 32. Write a book for yourself, all the words I've given you. you write the words that God has given you and pray on it. Um, I tell all my authors to pray on it. And I want you to know, basically, with Deborah and Publishing, that this is a company that is, I created it to be trustworthy. I created it to be a safe space for Torah observant authors to be able to write the words that Yah placed on their heart without having to worry about an agenda being pushed because it is important what Yah is trying to share through our community and through the individuals within it. 
And so I just pray that you are obedient to Yah and that you listen to him. And, of course, I would love to help anybody who uh, has questions about publishing. No, that's great. That's yeah. great. So yeah, um, I like uh, I like your distinction with the Jeremiah thirty verse two with uh, uh, acknowledging that it's talking about writing a Torah and then also uh, you know a lot of times his word has multiple meanings and and can uh, uh, cut through uh, our one track minds and uh, but yeah everyone does have a story to tell and uh, I think that's that's a good way to parse it. And also, I wanted to say I like your uh, the tassel in your logo. It's pretty cool the way you did that. Thank you. Yes, that was it was very important for me to have the ZZ in there. Yeah, right. that's awesome. Well, and we just want to encourage everybody out there to go Google her, check out the website, look at some of these things, and be encouraged to tell your story because it's important. And it's a, a story unique to you, and uh, she said it so well, and just encourage you to not be afraid um, and, and say what's what he's been putting on your heart. And and um, we just uh, thank you for putting your talents out there and helping the community, and we we uh, pray that uh, that y'all will bless your work and keep sending you people. And, um, and I pray that uh, you, you have to have uh, help in doing this, and you'll have to uh, have somebody come along and, and help you do and process all the things that you've got to do. So uh, we look forward to seeing what happens and uh, seeing how y'all grows your company and uh, seeing what the next level is. And um, So check her out, check these things out, and... Um, we appreciate everyone taking a, a minute to go to Sabbath Lounge as well. And please give us all a like, uh, subscribe to our channels and our things, and do all those things. And uh, please share it with other people. Yeah, the more traffic uh, uh, goes to the websites, uh, the more uh, people get to notice the get to notice them and uh just kind of shares around so that's right because you know this isn't for our glory this isn't for our pocketbook this this is for the glory of the kingdom and and getting his message out and it's amazing that we live in a day and time which uh podcast video youtube writing books all of this is is easy uh and and um it's just amazing that we have all these different ways to tell the story and um Anyway, um, Sarah, we appreciate you taking time today, and we're going to continue to, to talk to Sarah for a minute, and uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off Sabbath Lounge, and Sarah, hang on, uh, stay on the line for just a minute, but uh, we, this is Matt and, and Jake signing out. <laughs>